0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We started out a few weeks ago talking about a frustration
1: we talked about the frustration of sharing the gospel with others and seeing them respond, but not seeing them res- respond in the way that we like them to respond. And so we've seen through the parable of the sower that there are basically different types of hearts. We've seen the darkened heart. That is the heart that just flat out rejects. They can't see it because Satan blinds their eyes. Last week we looked at the shallow heart. That is, they make an initial enthusiastic response for Jesus. But when the trials of life come by, and let's be honest, the trials of life will come by, stuff does happen, life is not perfect, hurts will happen, pain will happen, tragedy will happen. When that stuff comes in, their faith is blown completely out of whack because they had no commitment in their life. No depth to their life. And so they kind of turn their back on God and do their own thing. And we've seen folks like that. We're going to see that there is a third type of heart. And I'll be honest with you, we know folks who struggle with a shallow heart. We know folks who struggle with a darkened heart. But it's not so obvious for us to recognize folks who deal with a divided heart. Because we live in a very materialistic, very affluent, very rich Culture. Now you're sitting there and you're saying, well George, I'm not rich. I don't have anything. I'm just barely making it. Believe me. Believe me. You have more than most of the world. To the rest of the world, you're a fat cat. That's reality. And what we're going to see is, is that there is a struggle with our hearts with materialism. Listen, in fact, this is what Jesus says. I want you to notice with me. Just hold your finger right there, chapter 19. Turn back to chapter 13 and notice what he describes about this soil from the parable of the sower. He says this in verse 22. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And notice what he says. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Snuff it out. And he becomes unfruitful. What we're going to see is, is that there, there is a person who will make a response to Jesus, but and he maybe will make a one-time decision, but what I want you to see is, is that what happens is, is the cares, the worries of the world, but also the stuff of the world chokes out his faith. And the coldly distracts him from Jesus and he just is unfruitful. He doesn't exist. He's just like the shallow person, no depth in his life and enthusiastic. Wow, I love Jesus. But he gets distracted by the things of this world and he starts going off. And that really reveals where he's at. It really reveals where he's at. Listen, I, just to help you to understand what we're talking about. When we talk about a decision for Jesus, we're not talking about a one-time prayer decision. When you talk about a decision for Jesus, you're talking about a lifetime commitment. People can pray prayers, and you and I've met people who pray prayers, and they'll say, "I got saved this time when my grandma led me through this prayer," or "I got baptized," but nothing else has changed in their life. They still lead the same lives. They still do the same wrong things. They still live like the rest of the world. They don't even care about Jesus. But they think they're okay. My friends, when you make a decision for Christ, it's a lifetime decision. It's a lifetime commitment to the person and work of Jesus Christ because you recognize who he is. And what we're going to see here is a group of people who, quote, made a decision, but they got distracted. They got distracted. First thing I want you to notice is we look at that... Statement there in chapter 13, verse 22. We're going to call it the weeds. We're going to talk about the weeds and the condition of the soil of our hearts. I want you to see a couple things there. First of all, they were distracted. They were distracted by worry and wealth. They were distracted by worry and wealth. Think about that. I think Jesus is. I mean, nothing has changed. 2,000 years, people are still the same, aren't they? We, in your life, what's the things that you think about every day? The problems you're going through or the money you need to get through the problem. Isn't that true? You think about the stuff you're going through or what you would like to have. And so you notice that that's the whole focus of life, isn't it? The whole focus of life is dealing with the stuff that happens around me. How am I going to survive this problem? How am I going to survive that problem? And you worry, and you worry about, and people worry about stuff that doesn't even exist. You know, some of you, the best thing you need to do is turn the news off. You're watching too much news. Why? Because I talk to you. And all you're talking about is stuff that has nothing to do with you. Yes, it's tragic. But my friends, why are you worrying? You get distracted. And so here they are. This soil, they were distracted by worry. But not just by worry, but by affluence. But by money. But by having it. That's where they're at. Their whole focus was there. Their whole focus was there. See, here's what he's saying about this soil here. The weeds of life, you get so distracted by worrying, worrying about stuff, you get so distracted by wealth. And here's the problem. Here's what happens is, and here's what he says. Jesus says this, they have no evidence of faith in their life. They have no evidence of faith. See, when we talk about fruit, we're talking about the evidence of faith. So oftentimes in our circle of churches, we talk about fruit in terms of people coming to salvation. That is a fruit, but that is not fruit. Fruit is the evidence of faith, the evidence of God working in your life. And when you get distracted by wealth, when you get distracted by worry... You don't show any evidence in your life of any kind of faith, of any kind of commitment to Jesus. So let me explain what I'm talking about. You ever notice somebody who's completely worried all the time? They're just worried, worried, worried. They go to bed worried. They get up worried. They're up at night worrying. They dream about the worry. They talk about the worry. All they ever talk about is, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get this? You ever notice that they never talk about how God's going to get them through it? You ever notice that they never talk about having faith to trust God to get them through it? You ever notice that? So you've got that on one hand. Then you've got the person who's distracted by wealth. You ever notice that when they deal with stuff, they never talk about trusting God for anything. They always talk about their abilities, their money, their brain power, and working out a routine and seeking counsel. But as far as evidencing in their life fruit, which says faith, Jesus says it's not there. It's not there. And so, they have no evidence of faith. And so there it is, the weeds. Which brings us now to chapter 19 because we're going to see the illustration of that. Here we have a person who, who makes a commitment. He's going to follow... But then when it comes to the stuff, the worries and the wealth, he's got to make a decision. You're going to see that he doesn't make the right decision. And we're going to learn some lessons from that. This is the condition of the heart, the divided heart. And it's the parable. It's actually the story of the rich young ruler. Look with me at verse 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, you want to be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I want you to notice first of all the struggle. Because when we talk about a divided heart, there's a struggle going on here. And it's a deceptive struggle. You can deceive yourself into thinking you're spiritually okay, but your focus is in the wrong area. So I want you to notice the condition of this person's heart. First of all, I want you to notice that the focus was on the external. The focus was on the external. Here's this young man. He comes to Jesus and he calls him good. And and Jesus says, why do you call me good? There's only one good and that's God. Keep the commandments. And the guy says, Well, I've been keeping him. From birth. I mean, you think about it. He talked about being trained in a, in a religious home. From birth, he's been taught to do the right thing and, and to do the right religious stuff. And and so there he is. He's focusing on the externals. He's doing all the right stuff. And, and you can fall into that trap. You could say, Well, you know, hey, I'm okay, George. Yeah, I'm trying to make money, but man, I'm okay because I'm here. I'm giving. I volunteer, I'm reading my Bible in the morning, and you're doing all that stuff. But the focus is on what? The focus is on the externals. It's not necessarily on the heart. And we're going to see that here in a moment. Because I want you to notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, okay, wonderful, you're doing all the one things. But he says, look, I perceive that there's still something missing in your life. You're doing all the religious stuff. You're doing all the, 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 the wonderful spiritual things. But there's still something missing. In fact, just a moment, it just, this just occurred to me. Notice what he's doing here. Because a lot of us could say this here. Notice what he's doing here. You should not murder. You say, I haven't killed anybody, you should not commit adultery. Shall not steal, you shall not bear fault witness. You, you, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This guy, he's, he sounds like an upstanding guy. He's, he's, he's not doing any of this stuff. He really sounds good, doesn't he? And Jesus looks at him and he says to him, you know what, you got all your act together as far as everything in life here, but you're still lacking in one area. And so this is what Jesus does. Jesus says, Sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. Here's the struggle. Here's what Jesus is asking. Jesus is saying to him, Jesus is calling to him, and Jesus calls for total commitment. Jesus calls for total commitment. He's saying to this guy, look. Look. You say you want to follow me. You're calling me good. There's only one who's good. That's God. And you're keeping all the commandments. You're lacking in one area. If you really want life, if you really want eternal life, then here's what you got to do. you got to make the total commitment. That is, give it all up. Quit holding on. Give it up. Give it up and follow me. See, this is where we struggle. Because look, we want Jesus. Listen to me. We want Jesus... But we want Jesus plus our dreams. We want Jesus plus our bank accounts. We want Jesus plus our ambitions. This is what this young man's doing. He wants to know what he can have for eternal life, but he wants to know what he can have for eternal life plus hold on to all the stuff. And Jesus says to him, look, you're lacking. You really want to follow me? Then give it all up. Follow me. He's telling this young man to come to a place of surrender, to quit holding on, and give it up. He's calling for a total commitment. Listen. So much of what's wrong today with our, our Christianity in the United States and our presentation of the gospel is is that we tell people that all you got to do is just pray a prayer, but we don't tell them that it costs them something, and what it costs them is them, them. It's not what they do, but them. It's telling them you were purchased with the blood of Christ and when you come to Him, you belong to Him. We leave that part out. We just say, pray this prayer and you're okay. You're heaven bound. Don't worry about hell. Jesus says, you're doing all this wonderful stuff here. Wonderful You've got to surrender some things because you're holding on to it. And some of you here, you're holding on. You think, as long as i got Jesus, but I can still have my dreams, I can still have my ambitions. Maybe God's telling you to let go of them. Maybe God is telling you to get rid of them. And that's what he was telling to that young man. And that's a struggle that goes on. That's not something that we're comfortable with, is it? I mean, stop for a moment. Some of you are saying, well, I don't have anything, George. My dreams are long gone. Yeah, but you've got something you're holding on to. Why don't you put yourself in the position of this young man right now. If Jesus came to you right now and asked you to give up what you're clinging to, and he asked of you for total commitment. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a bank account. Maybe it's dreams or ambitions for the future of what you want out of life. And he says, "I'm lacking. I'm, I, I see all that you're doing, but I'm sensing in your life that there's something missing, something lacking. Give it up and follow me." Would you do it? See, those are the hard questions, aren't they? See, when you ask those kind of questions, you see the struggle that happens there? When you ask those kind of questions, that reveals where your heart is. That reveals where your heart is and what your focus is. What your focus is. Jim Elliott his wife, Elizabeth Elliott recorded these words of him. He is the young missionary martyr. He said that he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Listen, look, look with me what, how the young man responded. But when the young man, verse 22, heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Here's the reason why too many people stumble at this point. Here's the reason why. They want Jesus, but they want Jesus on their terms. But when Jesus calls for total commitment, that just seems to be too much. Here's the reason why. The temporal cross seemed too high. The temporal costs seemed too high. Well, Jesus, you don't want me living in no shack, do you? Think about that question. You've got brothers and sisters in Jesus living in lean-tos in Vietnam. Twenty people in a lean-to. Are you more special than they are? Does God love them any less than you? But here's the thing, when you talk to them, they have more of a faith and more of a vibrancy in their life with Jesus Christ than you do. You can't remember the last time you saw God do something in your life. See, we're not willing to make that total commitment. We're not willing to give it up. Because the cost just seems too high. I can't give up my dreams, George. I can't give up my ambitions. I can't give up this. I can't give up that relationship. I can't do this. That's just too much. Let me ask you a question. The one who asks you to do it, do you think he doesn't care about you? Do you think he doesn't want what's best for your life? Do you not think that he could take care of you? When we make those decisions and say, I'm not willing to do that, we're saying, God, I know better than you what I need for my life. See, that's the struggle that's going on here. That's the struggle. So then I want you to notice Jesus's Jesus' is this response. Look with me at verse 23 through 26. Because he gets right down to the heart of it. Here's his response to that whole situation. He looks at this person. His person is like that. The seed that was sown among the thorns and you know it sprouts up but it gets choked out by the cares of this world. It gets choked out by the deceitfulness of riches and it just bears no fruit. And let's be honest, when you're distracted, you're not bearing any fruit in your life. No evidence of faith there. So here's Jesus and here's what He says. He looks at that young man and you can almost sense the sadness in His voice. Notice what He says. Then Jesus said to His disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Listen, here's the point I want you to see. Here's what Jesus is saying. Total commitment is difficult for those with much. Total commitment is difficult for those with much. The more stuff you have, I'm going to be honest with you, the harder it will be for you to make a decision to do whatever for God. Just be honest. The harder it will be. The more stuff you gather, and let's be honest, you gather stuff over time, don't you? You know, I was thinking about this the other day, looking at my house, looking at the attic, looking at the workshop, looking at the garage, looking at the basement. I thought, man, I can remember when these were empty. Wow. You just gather more stuff, don't you? And listen, the more stuff you get, the more commitments you—you know—excuse me, not don't let me use, not use the word commitments. The more affluence you have with people and everything, the more relationships you build, the harder it is for you to make a total commitment to Jesus whenever He says to you, "Do this." That's what Jesus is saying. See, when he says that it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven, it's like a camel going through an eye of a needle. Literally, those of you who sew, you know what a needle is and an eye of a needle. It's that difficult. It doesn't happen. Why? Because he understands. Here's what he's saying here. The stuff of this world will keep you from him. The stuff of this world will distract you from what's reality. The stuff of this world will keep you from what's most important because we've got to get everything in perspective. So you're pursuing this and you're pursuing that. Do you realize one day it's all going to burn up? The old heaven and the old earth will pass away. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. It's hard. Jesus said it's hard. But here he wants to go on because then the disciples are like, well man, boy, who can get saved then? Here's his point. Salvation is a work of God. It's impossible for man. But Jesus is the one. God is the one who saves. We need to recognize that. You say, okay, George, what's, how do we close this? Three things. Number one, you've got to ask yourself this question we've been asking every week now. What is the condition of your heart? And listen, as we answer this question, let me guide you a little bit. What are you holding on to right now? Jesus calls us to give everything. You see, that scares us, doesn't it? Just that, that statement of saying, give everything, that just scares us because whew, we don't want to be vulnerable. We want to hold on to some things. And, and I'll be honest with you, we can't. We can't. So, there you are. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's ambitions and dreams of what you're going to do and accomplish. And maybe it's even ambitions and dreams of what you're going to do and accomplish for Jesus. Maybe it's a style of living or a lifestyle. Man, if you don't realize these last few weeks, watching the government try to figure out what they're doing there with the finances, that life is just on a thread, and your comfort level is on a thread, you need to wake up. That's reality, isn't it? I mean, the president himself, I mean, they're talking about something almost like the Great Depression. Now, there's only a few of us here who remember that. The rest of us don't. Talk to them a while about it. And so there you are, What's the condition of your heart? Are you holding on to something? But are you holding on loosely or are you holding on with a tight fist? And when he says to you, I want you to give it up and follow me, are you opening the hand quickly? Or does Jesus have to come and pry it? See that reveals where your heart is. That reveals where your heart is. The second thing I want you to see there is this is your heart divided? Are you like that rich young ruler? You you're doing all the external stuff. You're an upstanding churchman. But your focus is somewhere else. And when he calls you, you hesitate. You hesitate. That's scary, isn't it? The hesitation. Because the hesitation reveals something. And it reveals something about ourselves. And here's the final thing I want you to see. And this is the reality. Again, think about this. Jesus calls us. Jesus calls for total commitment. Jesus calls for total commitment. He just doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. Now, when I say that kind of thing, that scares you. We say, man, Jesus took Jessica and put her in Bolivia. If I do that, where is he going to put me? Probably for most of you, right here. Probably for most of you, right here. what he wants is the total commitment. Are you willing to make that total commitment? Are you willing? Listen, if you're hesitant, if you're hesitant, that reveals something. And then we've got to go back to the first question again. What's the condition of your heart? Are you distracted by the cares and the riches of this world? Where's your focus? Let's close our time in prayer.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you.